Hello, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Axiom Strategic Consulting Podcast. I'm Devin Nash, and I want to thank you for joining us for part two of our series on exit interviews. We hope that you enjoyed last week. If you haven't listened to last week yet, go back and listen to it. So again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. What are some of these questions that we ask? What do they look like? Do you have any that are go-tos like, hey, if you're doing an exit interview, you have to ask these? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start answering that question by giving a general disclaimer, which is you have to clear these questions with your HR leader, your HR manager, whoever is in charge of of hiring and firing practices, um, employee transitions, Bennett, like whoever is is kind of over that department, your HR director. I just want to highly recommend you clear these questions. Um, with them and make sure that the, the leadership team is in agreement on what we're going to ask and how we're going to ask it, because we want consistency across the board in the company. Um, these are these are just very general questions. We, we I have asked these questions before, and I, I give lots of disclaimer um, kind of leading into the question, because my whole point is, if I can get the data uh, and assume generously the person who's responding I want this, this is the question that I want answered. So let's jump in with that in mind that we want you to vet these questions. Don't just take them and run with them. Um, make sure that your, your leadership team is in agreement on them um, first. That said, the first question is why are you leaving your current position? Now I said, I give a lot of disclaimer to that because I, I say kind of the way that I ask the question is to the extent that you're willing to share, and as, as transparent as you want to be and as much or as little as you want to share, why are you leaving your current position? And, and maybe lead them, give them a couple of avenues in which to, to answer by. And I mentioned that one a little bit ago is there's intrinsic reasons, internal reasons they're leaving, right? I'm, I really see, want to grow in my career and I'm looking for a development opportunity. And this company has been recruiting me and it's been happening for the past nine months. And I've, you know, they finally just put an offer across the table, which was offering me, you know, a clear path to growth in my career and my responsibilities and my earning potential. And so that's why I decided to leave. Those are some internal reasons and decisions that they make, but that's, that's not the only reason people make decisions, right? I mentioned one a little bit ago, which is we have to consider all of the family dynamic conversations that are happening for that employee too. And to the extent that they're willing to share, I would love, because our motto is care for your employees, I'd love to hear, well, you know what? My, my wife and I really talked about this and my wife was also considering relocating. Um, and we, we've been living in a condo and we, want, we, we do want to live and work and very close to home. And this other company is, was offering us a position in a new location that we've been eyeballing for a while and we're looking to purchase a home in or whatever or relocating states or whatever. So to the extent that they're willing to share, why are you leaving your current position? What are the internal reasons? And what are some of the external factors that, that played into this decision? The second one is, do you think, and, and these are not in any particular order. The second one is, do you think that you were adequately equipped and empowered to do your job well? And this gets to, our leadership affirmations, which um, we've done a podcast for in the, in the past. So, so do go listen to those. Um, but did, did we 
did we miss the boat in making sure that this person came to work with apps and feeling absolute certainty that they they understood what they needed to do that day they know they knew how to measure success or failure in their job by themselves without somebody looking over their their shoulder and they had the resources to actually achieve success that's what we're trying to get at in this question and so to the extent that they're willing to share do you were you adequately equipped to do your job well and were you empowered to do your job well then shut up and let them answer and let them maybe and, and make sure you're listening actively listening and you're following up with maybe areas where you realize we didn't empower them very well or they had their manager was a little bit micromanaging um, and didn't do a good job delegating tasks and wanted a minute by minute update of of their day and what they were doing with during that time yeah well yeah let let's stop there for a second or let's pause on that because let's say that is the case and the employee the employee responds and says, no, I, I don't feel like I was empowered to do my job well because I feel like I wasn't given what I needed in order to succeed. Um, you know, I was looking for this and I didn't get it, blah, blah, blah. And what is the, the most common response from the interviewing manager is to get defensive, right? Or to start arguing and to be like, well, no, uh, Devin, you got to remember, we gave you this, this, and this, and you didn't do anything with it. Uh, we signed you up for this course and you never took it, right? And it's to start arguing back. And what does that immediately tell the employee? You don't care what they have to say. And this was just a formality. And so the exit interviewer has to demonstrate an extreme level of humility of accepting or receiving this advice without trying to combat it, without trying to debate it or argue it. And, and just to realize that their role is just to receive, to listen, to be empathetic at this point, because that's the only way that these exit interviews will work. Yeah. So a better question is if, if you get in kind of an inclination that they weren't equipped or empowered, a, a better way to respond is just to say, you know, if you decide to approach this process with the one, the theme that Cameron gave earlier, which is we want to help your, your friends that are still here. Um, a great question is, what are some of the tools that you felt like you were lacking? Was it technology? Was it software? Or, or was, it, was it actual equipment? Was it software? Give us, in, can, can you expound on that? And just, again, be quiet and let them talk. To the extent that they're willing to talk, I'm all about getting information and, and seeing if we can uncover, um, to use Chris Voss's term, black swans, you know, in terms of why they're leaving or, or key pieces of information. So never like you got to fight the urge to follow up with a defensive response um, and defend a position. Their, their perception is reality. Yep. And if we don't, if we don't accept the fact that that's their reality, then we, we have no grounds or, or no comparison by which to change and, and right. grow from. Even if they are wrong, like even if they're completely off base, it doesn't matter. Like just receive it, write it down, make a note of it, talk, talk it over with other leaders, you know, make sure that, that they are completely wrong, but do not debate it. Do, you have to just allow that advice to continue, even if it, even if you don't like it. So yeah, but all right, let's go ahead. What, what other questions you got? All right. Uh, next big one is what was your relationship with your manager like? Uh, and the exit interviews that I've sat in, uh, I've actually heard some really pleasant responses uh, from that. Uh, in some cases, it, it's 
it's amazing the type, you know, it's kind of like, this is a bad comparison, but it's kind of like the things that someone says after they die, like, oh, they were just, man, they were always so authentic and they were really there for me in hard times. You know, like you hear some really, I heard, I've heard some really encouraging things for the, for the management team that is continuing in the company, after, even though this employee is leaving. Um, now that's, that's obviously not the case. And the, the point of the question is not to get a pep talk for the people and, and everything that they did well, we want to get good information. So what was your relationship with your manager? Like, is, is it maybe a new, another way to ask the previous question, which is how did your leader do at making sure that you were encouraged, empowered, equipped, fulfilled, effective, productive in your work? Like I probably yeah. doubled up on some, some adjectives there, <laughs> no, but, that's good. but to what extent did, did this manager do these things for you and, and with you? Um, and what was that like uh, is really the question. Another one is, maybe another way to ask the first one, which is what was the biggest factor leading you to accept your new job? No, I think that, I think those are different. Like they're, yeah, they're similar, but they're different. Why are you leaving the current position? I'm leaving because the, I feel like the culture here is getting toxic, right? Well, why are you, or where is it? Um, what's the what biggest the, factor leading? What's you the biggest this? factor leading you to accept your new job? Um, I feel like there was great opportunity there and they laid out a career path with where I'm going to be a vice president in five years and, and be making $200,000. So, so yeah, similar questions, but different, right? We can get two very different answers from each of those. Yeah, no, I agree. They're different questions. Um, there, there's some similarities, but you have to do the, the hard work of digesting and, and discerning and maybe asking follow-up questions to, to get the different responses that, the, the question is asking. Right. Um, very broad general question. What did you like most about working here? And again, let them be quiet. Maybe, maybe capture some of the things that if it's, if it's a, this question is valuable. If it's a really, maybe a dis employee who is disgruntled, who is not ending on the best of terms, but is willing to be brutally honest with you in the process. The there's, um, there's a kind of a, a I'm getting stumbling over my words here in the law, in the court of law, there's a reasoning a rule that would make information more valuable. And it's the humiliation kind of bias, or I'm, I'm saying it wrong. If you know it, comment on the podcast, share it with, remind me what it is, or I'll share it in the show notes. There we go. Um, but it's this idea that if I say something that is that if I'm an opponent of a position, I'm leaving the company, I'm a disgruntled employee, but I share something that I liked, you can take that with great confidence that that is something that is good in the company. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm a disgruntled employee, but I'm willing to say to my shame because I'm, I'm, I'm verbal about my unhappiness that this was a good thing and that means it's a really good thing. Um, the, the flip side of that coin is what did you dislike most? Um, so the same is true if, if it's a really a employee who's leaving on great terms and they share with you what they dislike most, um, you, can, you can agree with that. You can guarantee that you're going to get five answers of that question from a disgruntled, disgruntled employee. Um, you're going to get equally good information from somebody who's leaving on good terms. Mm -hmm. Another question is, what are the most important skills and qualifications 
we need to look for in your replacement. And so this kind of, this ties in with the, the second question that we asked, which is adequately equipped and empowered to do your job well. And this is a situation where we get to reevaluate our hiring process for, for this new person. Because the maybe this happens all the time. The Peter principle says we promote people to their level of incompetence. And so maybe we promoted somebody to a position where they're completely unhappy. Their natural skill set is not giving them fulfillment and the things that they want to do and that fill them up emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally are not what they're doing in the curtain role and they decide to leave the company. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but let's say that's the case because we've promoted them to their level of incompetence and they don't want to do that work anymore. It's important for us to know that when we're asking what skills and qualifications we need to look for in the next person, that they're going to give us insights of, hey, I was promoted to this position. This was the job description. These are some of the skills that you mentioned. And, and there's some, quite frankly, there's some areas where I just didn't feel like I was, I was always beating my head against the wall or it was just emotionally draining for me to do this portion of that job. And I don't think that that would be the case if somebody had the, you know, it was more task focused. Sure. Yeah. Right. I'm a very relational person. So if somebody put me in a job that required me to be very focused on detail and analyzing grammar, um, I would probably leave and I would say, <laughs> you need somebody who is, is comfortable being working alone. And that's an important qualification. Yeah. you look for in the next applicant. Yeah, no, th those are good. I, those are good questions. Let's say, so a hypothetical situation, I mean, throw out there, let's say we're asking these, well, let me rewind. Let's say we teed up the conversation just like you recommended. So we said everything that you mentioned earlier, and then we get into the questions and we're getting into, you know, question three, maybe four, maybe five, and we're starting to get a strong impression that they're BSing us or they're really holding back. Like they're not sharing truths. Like they're just kind of like, yeah, no, everything's great. No, great relationship with the manager. Yeah. Really not, no, no improvements. I would, I would recommend, right. We have, we have a, a value at Axiom truth, you know, saying we speak truth, even when it's hard to say and hard to hear. And so, and we're always encouraging our leadership teams. Like you have to, you have, you have to learn how to have difficult conversations 99% of people don't enjoy having difficult conversations, but we're always, we're always emphasizing. You have to learn how to have it. I think that in these types of situations, it is a great opportunity to practice having difficult conversations. Like if I'm in that position and I'm an interviewer, I'm closing the interviewing notebook. I'm looking at employee in the eyes and I'm calling it out. I'm just calling the elephant in the room and saying like, Hey, I get it. Like you, you don't, you don't want to say some hard things. Like I understand you, you're probably worried that if a company in the future ever calls me one day, I'm going to, I'm going to respond poorly about you because of something you said in here, or you're probably worried that you're going to um, leave here with a, you know, a bad taste in our mouths and, and we're not ever going to want to talk to you again. Like you're, you're trying not to say, like, I get it. And if, if you're too worried about that, let's just go ahead and end the interview. Don't want to waste any more of your time. Um, but if you're if you're willing to share some stuff with me to help us get better, I would love to continue. But the choice is yours. It's up to you. 
right? And we have we have to do that because like if we just continue for the next 20 minutes asking the questions just to check the box, going back to the first danger that you talked about, we're just wasting time, right? Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. Um, and we didn't cover this, but it kind of goes to the, the question of how formal or informal should my exit interviews be? That's a discussion that you ultimately want to have with your leadership team. I'm a fan of informal. Um, let's get it on the calendar. Let's make it a really low barrier to entry. We don't want to overcomplicate the process because that might yeah, be, a, be a barrier for them sharing information. Um, and that means that if it, is, it does, isn't going the way that you want it to, you can have easy confrontation that, that doesn't have a, like, if we can get the information, obviously the idea scenario, but we don't want to make it so formal that we feel like we've sunk costs into this process. And now we, we have to just go headlong and finish the interview and ask all our questions and get crap information. Like, so formal, informal, I'm, I'm impartial. I'm a fan of in-person. You could do interviews. Maybe you could, you could tie in a level of anonymity, anonymity to it. Um, I haven't, I haven't done that before, but again, you know, your culture, your leadership team understands kind of your value. You should understand your values and how they influence and shape how you do things. Uh, but I agree with you. I love that idea of practicing difficult conversations. And I'm going to call out what you just did there for our listeners. You did the accusation on it, which we know psychologically lowers defenses and, and is another way to get better information by saying, look, you know, I, it seems like you probably think that we're just going to badmouth you to every potential employer who you're, you're applying to. Um, and you're, it just seems like you don't want to be here and you don't want to have this conversation. And, you know, I probably haven't earned, you know, I don't know how quick, how far you want to go with this accusation on it, but I probably, we probably haven't earned the right to hear, hear you, your, your honest feedback and communicated that we care about that and then have that difficult conversation. Um, so just do the accusation on it yeah. to try to get it. No, that's good. Um, yeah, well, all very practical, helpful advice for exit interviews. And we'll kind of wrap up the podcast. I'll just share a quick story or a quick case study. So, um, you know, obviously the, the nature of our business, we're, you know, helping other businesses get better, right? And so a big part of that is when an employee leaves, we want to do an exit interview with them because if we, if we can find out this type of information, we can better advise uh, the companies and how they can improve. And so there was, there was one fairly recently where at the time I was coming alongside to do a strategic assessment of the company, they had uh, a few employees exiting. And so um, fortunately, I had the opportunity to do exit interviews with them. I asked the CEO to also have his own conversations with those employees to find out, you know, why they were leaving. So I wanted to see was the, the information that they were sharing with him, the same as the information they were sharing with me. Mm -hmm. So as I had these interviews, I was very clear up front, Hey, what you share with me, I'm going to use to help improve the company. I promise I am not going to re repeat verbatim what you tell me. Um, nothing's going to come back to bite you, but I, I need you to be honest with me because it's going to help. I know you care about this company and it's going to help me, um, better advice. And I was again, very fortunate in that they gave me extremely blunt, honest feedback and they focus a ton on the culture, um, cultural issues in the company. And they just, they let me have it. They told me all the toxicity 
that they felt like was occurring in the company. Um, when I had the follow-up conversations, I'm going to learn that same information was not being passed to the CEO. This person was comfortable sharing it with me, was not comfortable sharing it with the CEO. And so because of that, we were able to get some really valuable information that has helped the company, helped the company improve. And so that my encouragement, or, or I guess the point of this story that I want to share is, is one, realize that you may not be the best person to have the exit interview. <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're the CEO of a five-person company, like you may not be the best person to have that exit interview. Having a third party conduct that interview can be extremely helpful. And this isn't like a shameless plug to hire us. It's just <laughs> like, you know, having having a third party there that that they know isn't going to come after them if they say something hurtful can be extremely beneficial. So they can accomplish amazing things. And, and that's just, you know, one case study. And I have, I have more, but that's one case study that we've seen of like, wow, we got valuable information that is helping this company. So we'll wrap it up with that. I know we kind of got over on time here, but thank you for listening. <laughs>